chairing the proceedings tonight. It would be a great pleasure to welcome uh, Elizabeth, who will be talking tonight. There's a slight change, thankfully not uh, in terms of the topic or substance of the seminar, but just uh, in terms of the presentation. The paper you're about to uh, hear is a big country um, comparison um, paper. It uses, without wanting to give away too much, um, it uh, talks a bit about how we can use data about children's family backgrounds from uh, household surveys with child-level data about the outcomes in school and school-level data about the resources available in school from school surveys. So um, Elizabeth, who is one of the authors of the paper, will be presenting today. She's a research assistant who's been working with Kane uh, and Sophia on the paper linking the panel data sets uh, with variables from the school survey and also looking at developing a set of variables that are comparable across um, the four countries. Four countries or three, actually three, 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 three countries that we're dealing with. So without much further ado, great delight. Please. Um, the talk will be for half an hour and uh, we'll have half an hour for questions and we'll be running uh, a little later. I'll, uh, I'll dock your time by five minutes, 25 minutes, and leave 25 the questions. Okay, thanks. Over to you. Hi, good evening everyone. Um, as David introduced me, I'm Elisabetta Urino. I'm a research assistant in the education team of Young Life and I've been working there uh, since August last year. So today uh, I'm presenting this paper with, uh, that uh, we are writing with uh, Kane and Sofia. Kane is here, Sofia couldn't come opportunity. And uh, first of all, I want to give you a little bit of background of why we are asking those questions related to how inequalities uh, in, uh, in uh, school and background characteristics of the children compound each other. And in the last two decades, we saw considerable progress in uh, the access to schooling in the developing world. Um, following the MDGs and the goals <coughs> in Dakar. And uh, across, in our sample of the three countries, Vietnam, Andhra Pradesh, and Peru, in fact, we can see uh, universal, universal enrollment and or almost uh, universal enrollment uh, in primary schools. Uh, given this success in, term, in terms of access to education, there has been uh, in, the, in the last year a, consider, a considerable um, policy sh uh, shifting policy emphasis on both um, academics and uh, policy makers alike on what actually these children that have been accessed to education learn. Uh, I don't know why there is this. But, uh, Moreover, we are interested in, um, so in, in uh, actual learning and school inequality processes, also because this could influence parental choices, school teacher accountability, and impact of individual inputs for policy making. Uh, in particular, the, the interest in, um, in, uh, on learning and school quality led to a substantial body of literature that focuses on whether school quality matters or not compared to home background characteristics for, uh, for students' achievement, starting from the seminal contribution in the U.S. by Coleman, in, by Coleman report in 1966. Um, in particular for developing countries, the question of whether schools can mitigate uh, uh, initial disadvantage in uh, background characteristics of children um, on human uh, capital accumulation is particularly relevant. 
Uh, however, despite a substantial body of, uh, of um, contribution in this literature, the, um, the evidence of what actually works in terms of educational, uh, educational inputs is mixed. Um, in particular, uh, there is this quote that uh, I took from a recent uh, literature review from Grabe, Amish, and others that uh, by assessing uh, many more than initially 9,000 studies and then going down uh, by refining their search, remarkably little is known about the impact of educational policies in developing countries. So, this, um, there, there might seem that uh, um, the impact of educational policies on children's outcome is actually, is actually negative. But uh, actually, the literature is now shifted to a less pessimist view. Um, and uh, there is a growing consensus that uh, it's not that uh, schools don't matter at all, as some commentators uh, tended to, to say, but still maybe we are, we are measuring the wrong things and, um, and uh, we cannot capture, capture from the data that we have uh, what really matters uh, for distinguishing bo- uh, good from bad schools. Uh, additionally, understanding the educational quality from uh, observational data is complicated by two main constraints. First of all, these are methodological. There are a lot of, uh, of problems that uh, could bias our estimates of uh, educational inputs uh, uh, on, um, on student achievements. This uh, uh, relates to unobserved uh, factors that actually may be correlated with uh, the, the observed characteristics that are uh, included in the estimates and may bias the, the estimates itself. Also, uh, there will be endogenous, uh, um, there will be school factors that affect uh, parental school choices, and also the government may affect their funding uh, depending on uh, observed uh, or unobserved factors. Um, so the second constraint that we find when uh, we are trying to understand the relation between educational quality and student achievement is related to measurement. As I was mentioning before, maybe we're not measuring the right things. And uh, um, it might be the case that uh, we're not capturing the variables that really matter for uh, students' achievements. For instance, uh, um, the incentives that are faced by students, families, and also teachers, and also um, other issues to school organizations. And the last, the last, um, the last thing that may we not uh, consider in those in those um, in those estimates is that is uh, there are systems <coughs> of interactive input to the matter. For instance, in India, we find in our data that um, qualified public teachers are more likely to be absent. Um, given this overall background, we turn to our research questions, which are. First of all, uh, uh, school matters for students' achievement, and if so, how much do they matter uh, compared to their own backgrounds in the three countries that we are considering, uh, India, Andhra Pradesh, uh, Vietnam, and uh, Peru? And secondly, for whom school quality matters? Um, this, is a, this is a question that has an important policy implication in terms of educational uh, or quality of opportunities of these school systems. In order to address these overarching questions, we are using data from Young Life, of course, 
and uh, for whom uh, uh, do the not know the uh, Young Life Study, this is a longitudinal survey of children, the household schools and community that started uh, uh, in 2002 and will uh, go for 15 years. Um, we have uh, our sample is composed by 12,000 children in four countries. So for the time being, we are not considering uh, Ethiopia the Ethiopia school survey because the, the data are on their way just right now. We we just collected uh, data um, in the previous months. Um, the sample that we are considering is pro poor. That means that. Um, uh, in the sampling, uh, in the sampling frame, they were excluded the, the bottom, qu the, uh, the top uh, quintile of families. Uh, in this sense, the, um, our sample is not country representative, but um, still we have uh, 20 sentinel sites in each country that uh, were selected to reflect the diversity of each different country: um, rural urban issues, livelihoods, and ethnicity. Um, the, the unicity of the Young Life Study is that it combines data collection, analysis and policy making. So we are also working with country teams um, in order to address the, the questions that are most relevant to, to the context and also in order to, to influence policy making. And uh, this policy engagement is reflected, um, is, um, is reflected in our main purposes, which are to improve the understanding of, of the causes and consequences of childhood poverty, and, um, and following this, um, improved understanding, improved policy and practice for children. Um, the Young Life Study uh, started as a uh, child household question, child household and community question <coughs> too, but um, following uh, the um, following uh, the, um, the aging of the children that were starting to go to school, a school component was also introduced in 2010. Um, Regarding the child and household survey, uh, we have collected to date uh, three rounds of uh, data. The, the first round is also underway. Um, in this paper, we just use uh, data for the younger core children because these are the ones that uh, were followed also into school. And um, in 2012, children were aged approximately uh, 12 years and typically started school around 2006. We also collect uh, a number of uh, cognitive and non-cognitive uh, measures in order to, um, to understand uh, the complexity of uh, child development uh, in also these aspects. And we will use one of these cognitive measures um, that was collected at, at preschool age, so when the children were aged five, uh, in order to control uh, for uh, children's ability before school. This is uh, just to, see, to show you an overview how the, the studies be. Basically, we have two cohorts, and uh, the younger cohort uh, was um, started uh, when they were born, basically, between 0 and 1, and then we have uh, an older cohort. And so this graph basically shows how their, their age is uh, evolving over time. 
Um, with respect to the school survey, we have uh, much more variation in, uh, in the survey design because this, uh, this choice was, um, um, was made in order to reflect the different policy contexts for education and also the different uh, research uh, um, policy importance of different uh, topics in each uh, school system. So basically you can see there is uh, variation in number of children, number of school samples, and also we, um, we did some qualitative sub-studies in order to address uh, uh, some specific uh, questions related to the, the, the countries uh, in more depth, and so, and so on and so forth. Maybe we can go back to this slide if you have more questions at the, at the end. Um, so basically, this slide just show in a very quick overview how uh, this, the survey, the entire, the entirety of the study, is, uh, is is done. Basically, we have the different rounds of household, community, and child questionnaires, and those those can, can be linked longitudinally over time, and also to the, the the school survey data, which is exactly what we are trying we are trying to do in this work. Um, so after this presentation of uh, the Young Life Study, uh, I feel that is that uh, was due to break up a little bit our question. So first of all, we are we are asking whether uh, education matter uh, for mitigating emission inequality and for um, uh, in, for learning achievement of the students. And secondly, uh, why we observed uh, this. Uh, this um, inverse relationship between um, wealth index of the children and their academic achievements. So if, um, uh, if uh, education for women matters in those countries. So in order to, to address the first, uh, the first research question, we first proceeded in a very... Uh, uh, first of all, the, anal the analysis that we made was to link the panel information to the school survey data, and then select uh, as a core set of key school quality variables. These were selected uh, by looking at the literature, and in particular, we focus on three uh, macro sets of indicators. Um, the first one is related to the infrastructure and the pedagogical materials that uh, the children uh, can have access to at schools then the teacher principal characteristics, and then uh, a third set related to the, how the school is organized. So student-teacher ratio, uh, shifts of the school, and so on and so forth. And then we proceeded with a multivariate analysis um, that uh, I, will, uh, I will discuss in more depth in the, in the following slide. Um, with respect to the outcome variables that we are considering as uh, outcomes of the educational process, uh, we are using assessment tests in maths and language uh, as key indicators of school quality. Um, although we acknowledge that uh, this is a, a limited analysis because school doesn't, doesn't uh, uh, impact only on uh, students' achievement in, in terms of standardized scores, but there, there are lots of other dimensions that are important, such as, for instance, non-cognitive abilities. But in this specific analysis, we are looking at these relationships. Uh, these tests were um, designed in each country in order to be grade and curriculum appropriate. 
and then we generate this course using the uh, item response theory models in order to recover the same underlying ability. For instance, the ability to, to do math or, uh, or to, to master the language in we, uh, of each country. Um, to the extent we believe in this, uh, um, in this capability of the IRT models to uh, recover the ability, uh, we can compare the scores across the countries. Um, so first of all, our analysis proceeds, uh, we, we started to look in at uh, uh, proportional variation explained by home background characteristics and by uh, school observable school characteristics. In a way that um, is usually done in the literature, basically starting with a <coughs> OLS regression. And we find, um, first of all, as I said, we link the household panel and school survey um, in order to be able to control uh, for children's cognitive development prior entering school uh, and also to address the, the issue of selection to school. Um, controlling for these preschool uh, scores, we can see that uh, uh, children home background do play uh, do play a big role in explaining the variation in uh, in test scores, and uh, this uh, this role is much more pronounced, as you can see, in Peru and India than in Vietnam. Um, in particular, uh, systems that uh, in which background characteristics matter more. Uh, can, can be able to be more inequitable since they're reproducing advantage or disadvantage also throughout the school systems. So the, the, school, the school system doesn't mitigate initial inequality, uh, but however, it, it enlarges the gap. Um, just to give you a taste, these are the, across the three countries, the factors that we found that uh, seem to play a bigger role in uh, determining, in being associated with these uh, school achievements. And uh, we can see there is a, a core set that, of factors that is common across, uh, across the three countries, which are very standard factors that uh, are found uh, usually in the literature. For instance, nutrition plays a key role, not being an ethnic, uh, from an ethnic minority background. Um, the, the cognitive score at preschool also play a big role. And then uh, the, educa the education of the carer, or in the case of Peru, of the household head. And then we can see that uh, in Indian Peru, but not in Vietnam, a wealthier household do play a role in, uh, in, um, in explaining the variation in uh, learning outcomes. And uh, there are other factories in Peru that also seem to be relevant. Um, consistently with the literature, we also find that observable school inputs do not seem to play much of a role. And this was, um, was not surprising, because it's what is usually found. Uh, although we found that also there are there, um, some school inputs that seem to matter. Um, this varies across the, the different contexts, and also this is quite a surprise because each context uh, uh, is different. Uh, there may be different things that uh, uh, may be relevant. Um, uh, since we didn't find uh, much variation explained by schools, 
in the, in the standard regression type analysis, we try to find to answer to our question in school matter in a different way. And basically what we did was to calculate uh, school effects in order to capture all the school factors. So the ones uh, linked to the observable characteristic of the schools, which were the same that were captured in the OLS, OLS regression, but also those unobservable factors that, as uh, we said at the beginning of the presentation, may be actually the ones that really matter in explaining what distinguishes a good school from a bad school. And um, we basically calculated the school fixed effect, uh, controlling always for uh, child, uh, child, household, and um, care characteristics, and also for children previous cognitive scores, in, uh, in order to avoid the problem of selection into school. And we find that once that we include these unobservable characteristics in the analysis, school actually now seem to matter much more. In particular, they seem to matter uh, in the context of India and Peru. Um, we can see that school quality in India and Peru, calculated by this fixed effect, uh, can explain half of the variance, in the, almost half of the variance. Uh, in the scores, and this uh, uh, may point to the to the um, to the heterogeneity of these school systems in um, in uh, in delivering the education. Five minutes, okay. <laughs> so now let's go to the second part of our investigation, uh, which is. Uh, our our uh, poorer children benefiting less from uh, from school quality, and we can see this issue by two different perspectives. First of all, we may ask: Are poorer children going to lower quality schools? So, is there a sort of selection into schools uh, according to the wealth of initial wealth? of the family of these children. And we found, we calculate, we try to answer to this question by calculating differences in school quality, always uh, uh, in, uh, measured by our school effects, between the top and the bottom quiltile of wealth index for these children. And we find that in Vietnam and Peru, uh, this difference is, uh, is statistically, in, in, the, in the three countries, this difference is statistically significant. And uh, in Vietnam and Peru, is uh, 0.5 alpha standard deviation. Whereas in India, is only 0.3 of standard deviation. Uh, regarding this slide, I have uh, two qualifications to do. First of all, uh, the, um, since the distribution of uh, Vietnam, uh, 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 there is a difference in the in the dispersion of the. Um, of the distribution of school quality in Vietnam and in Peru. So this, uh, we are not talking about the same uh, type of, uh, of scores differences. And uh, for India, we may, uh, we may have a bias due to the, the fact that our sample is mainly composed by uh, public, uh, public school. So we should take with a bit of caution this estimate. Uh, with respect uh, uh, to, um, so this is the first question that we will ask, are poor kids going to lower quality school? But we can also see uh, this issue from a, a different perspective, and it's the one that is pointed out by uh, Banerjee and Duflo in their poor economics, 
which is uh, uh, whether poor children are benefit less from the same level of quality of school because there may be different incentives by both parents and teachers in, uh, in teaching to different type of children. And uh, we actually find uh, that uh, basically we, uh, what we found was to um, look at the effect of one increase, of an increase of one standard deviation in school quality on uh, the, um, the one, one standard deviation of the scores for different, uh, for the average children and the, the bottom, uh, the poorest quintile of uh, our sample. And we find that whilst in Vietnam, basically uh, children seem to benefit uh, equally, and in the case of language, even more from uh, school quality, uh, in India and Peru, there is a variation in the way in which uh, children are profiting from educational quality. And, um, and this again, uh, maybe, maybe um, this finding may be explained on the way uh, the, the school systems in these countries are organized. In fact, we, get, we, may, um, we, may, we may think that uh, uh, school, uh, school, school systems in Vietnam, in uh, Peru and India are more elitist and um, children may benefit less because either they access poor quality schools or either because the school and teachers and even parents as uh, Duflo and Manuji argue in that book focus on bad performing kids. And, uh, and also the way on which the curriculum and training are designed may provide incentives in order to focus on just a top, a top uh, set of children leaving the, the other behind. While, uh, by contrast, by looking at uh, how the Vietnamese uh, system is organized, uh, we, may, we, may, we may find an explanation uh, for this apparent equality of the, of the outcomes that children get from school, because it's a, it's a system that is more, um, is more concerned about ensuring a minimum quality level uh, for everybody across the country. In fact, there, was be, uh, there has been a substantive policy shift in order to address more remote rural areas and showing a, a minimum quality standards for uh, all the school across. Um, indeed, we, we can find that ethnic minority pupils perform still less, less well than the keen majority, but still at least the gap is not increasing as a result of, um, of uh, access to school. If you want to find more, <laughs> uh, just the last thing. This was a working progress, so any comments and discussion will be much appreciated. And uh, if you want to find more, this is uh, the website of Young Life, and these are our emails, so much appreciated. Thank you. <laughs>